0: Dose of Leadership podcast, episode 134.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to the show. This is Richard
0: Ryerson. Thanks for tuning into the show. I'm so appreciative that you're here. I hope you're finding some value in this show. Have you heard of my new podcast, The Courageous Leadership Podcast? It's different than this one. It's not an interview podcast. It's just me talking about my leadership philosophies for about... 15 or 20 minutes or so. Each episode promises to get into my mindset a little bit more about what I believe in leadership and how it can help you become the courageous, authentic leader that I think we are all meant to become. So go check it out, uh, Courageous Leadership Podcast, and go to iTunes. And just like this one, if you haven't done so, please take the time to enter a rating and review. It does so much for my visibility and to keep that uh, algorithm uh, alive in iTunes, so we're more front and center. So again, thanks for all your support. I love continuing to get the emails and your thoughts and your ideas on leadership. So please feel free to reach out and connect with me, and I promise I'll get right back to you. So anyway, thanks for all your support, and here's the interview.
2: Well, I'm just absolutely thrilled today to have on my show today Chris Ducker. You're in for a real treat. He's been, I've been a big fan of his for a really long time. He is the Entrepreneur's Entrepreneur you know, in 2000, he uh, left for the Philippines. He's been there for the last 14 years. He was originally a sales and marketing guy. But since then, especially in the last four years, he's really transformed the way people think about entrepreneurship, using uh, virtual assistants to help transform your business. And he's in the Philippines right now. It's uh, 9 o- or 10 o'clock in the morning at my time, and it's 11 p.m. his time. So, Chris, welcome to the Dose of Leadership podcast.
3: It's a pleasure to be here, Richard. Thanks for having me on.
2: Well, I gave a little tidbits, a little highlights, but... Uh, educate my listeners about who you are and what you're all about
3: now that's it it's nothing more
1: <laughs> uh, that's right
3: no, it's, it's, it's it all goes very very wrong from there uh <laughs> no no I, I i appreciate the little uh, intro no i mean ultimately yeah you're right i mean you hit the nail on the head 2000 i left the uk i'm originally from london uh in england and uh I uh, left the UK 2000, came over here, was working as a consultant for some of the large international firms here, Uh, got involved with the outsourcing business, mostly call center and recruitment related. And then um, after a a few years of doing that, I started working for an infomercial company of all types of industries. And um, I was doing everything from their international sales and distribution. I was helping with scripts. I was doing retail packaging and branding. Uh, I was literally the company, Um, and I worked for this company for a while. They were based out of Florida and made them a lot of money and was not really taken care of properly. They looked after me. I made some really good money. Um, But uh, I spent about a year or so, sorry, about a month or so over there working on a couple of shows and doing a few exhibitions and stuff with them. And on the way back, uh, I was sitting at 37,000 feet from a flight from Miami on the way to Hong Kong and I realized I was done. And I wrote my resignation email. I hit send on that email when I landed in Hong Kong as I connected to their uh, amazing free internet uh, at the airport. And um, I've never looked back. Uh, back two months after I started live to sell which is the mothership of what I do business-wise. There's three subsidiaries underneath that, which is uh, the live to sell uh, call center which is still up and running. There's 200-and-something-odd staff there. We also have Virtual Staff Finder, which is our VA recruitment company. And uh, about a year and a half ago, I opened up a co-working space for startups and entrepreneurs as well. Uh, and that's what I do. Uh, and I blog and on podcast and I speak. So, yeah, just... Taking it easy. You know, yeah, taking relaxing. it easy. That's
2: right. I mean, you have one. Of, <laughs> I got to tell you, and and uh, I never told you this, but you are, I've definitely, you've been one of my mentors from afar. I mean, uh, as I've become more entrepreneurial and taken the leap, um, you have been a constant resource for me and you've helped me along the way. So let me, first of all, thank you for that. I've never told you that, but uh, your resources and what you have on your website for free, by the way, and how you help people. Um, is really amazing you are truly one of those entrepreneurs that, that really gets it in sense of it's a uh, giving mindset and uh, you you're so right. generous in your time and in your knowledge and uh, I really appreciate that so thank you first and foremost for that
3: oh thanks for the kind words it's it's nice to know that um, you know the stuff I do is appreciated I, I I just I just want to help you know I, I think I've got to the point where uh, you know I've experienced a certain amount of success I'm still hustling every day don't don't get me wrong um but you know if I can help other entrepreneurs along the way uh and maybe trying to you know help them avoid some of the mistakes I made when I first started out and when I started really focusing on the growth of my businesses um then everyone's a winner you know well let's
2: talk about the mindset a little bit you know as I you know leadership obviously is what I'm passionate about and uh, I gotta tell you the and I've always been um a passionate about entrepreneurship as well for I mean for years, for the better part of twenty five, thirty years. I gotta tell you though, for the most of that twenty five to thirty years, I was plagued with a lot of limiting beliefs. It wasn't really until the last five or six years and when I really started understanding um, and really diving in to leadership and that leadership is central to all aspects of our lives, the more that I study that, the more entrepreneurial I became. I'm interested in how you view leadership and if you consider yourself a leader, if you are intentional about your leadership or is it something you don't even think about at all?
3: Oh no, I think about it. <laughs> I definitely think about it. Um, I I I wear two different leader hats. Um, so I have I, I have the thought leader hat where I'm trying to uh, you know educate and inspire and entertain right. and motivate other entrepreneurs to take action, and that's my thing. You know, I I, I want people to ship their product i want them to get on stage and speak i want them to write a book i want them to start a podcast i'm all about action it's like you know we can procrastinate until the cows come home but it won't make us any money and it won't allow us to help any of our peers or followers or fans or whatever you want to call them right so that's the first leadership hat that i wear uh second one is one of quite frankly a boss um, and I have about 270 people working for me throughout those three different businesses. Um, and you know, I, unfortunately it's, you know, there's so many people across so many different time zones working that I, I don't even get the opportunity to work with everybody now. Uh, you know, I did, I did do up until around about a hundred or so people. I was in very much daily communication with everybody, but, um, you know, even if it's just a quick high five or something. But now there are sometimes I can go weeks without even seeing people because they're they're working through the night whilst I'm working through the day, or or vice versa, or something along those lines. So it's it's tough. But you know, I have a core management group of about thirty people um, who I do work with very very closely and that's what i am to them i'm a you know they look to me to lead yeah. and so that's the other leadership hat is is one of a mentor and one of a boss as well
2: you know as as your businesses have grown and, and when i look at your blog when i look at your website and, and i think a lot of times as entrepreneurs and as leaders we're always looking for tactics but what i heard in your response right there that leadership is really isn't so much about tactics it's about it's about inspiring with the head and the heart right and do you what do you find you're spent, spending most of your time on tactics or inspiration from the head and the heart?
3: I think it's, I mean, it's, it's tough to say. I think it's a bit of a combination of all of that, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I, 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 I spend less time with my staff today face to face than I did in the past. But the reason why I do that is because we've put the processes in place for me to go out and be the face of the businesses, and to hit the speaking circuit, and to write the book, and to, you know, do all the other things that I do—content creation and marketing-wise as well. Um, but you know, it's it's like when we are together, um, and I mean, we—I—I I, I go to the office once a week now. Uh, I'm usually there for around about three or four hours, and have rapid-fire meetings with with my management team from different departments. so We do 20 minute meetings. Um, There's no chairs uh, in the conference room. I remove them for when we have meetings because I just believe that they just create unnecessary chin wagging um there's still there's still coffee and donuts so right. everybody's everybody still turns yeah. up <laughs> but um, I, I do I, I get rid of the uh, i get rid of the chairs and we, and we you know we do we set up we stand up rather for you know 15 20 minutes and we go through what we need to go through and then we take a short break and then we'll get into the next session and it goes like that for about 3 or 4 hours and i do that once a week uh, but the time that i do spend with my staff um, particularly with my management team is real quality time like they have my undivided attention the phone is nowhere near me the laptop is not open unless it needs to be um and you know i i I liked it at that point i'm i'm for them for them and and yeah my focus there is to inspire and to lead um and and hopefully try and you know be the voice of reason if one's required and that sort of thing but with the stuff that i do Online with my community, um, I guess I'm, I'm trying to lead. I'm trying to lead, probably more so by motivation yeah. by getting people, like I said, to to take that action. You know.
2: Yeah. I, tell me a little bit about how you transitioned to that. I mean, when I'm listening, to that I mean, what an I- ideal setting to be in. I think as leaders, we would all love um, to get to that point. A lot of us work in a lot of large bureaucratic monolithic mediocre places you know just fraught with processes <laughs> fraught with you know just right. mediocre mediocrity and it drives me crazy i love the idea that you know taking the chairs away getting down to brass tacks you know keeping it efficient just getting to the point did you transition to that or have you always
3: been that way i've always been a very efficient person i you know even from school i i you know i'd figure out how to uh you know how to make notes on a on a textbook faster than everybody else, and you know not that I was sort of you know doing any of that weird human hacking stuff that right. you know Tim Ferriss has become famous for <laughs> or anything like that. But I I um no I was always a pretty efficient guy, and I I my my thing and my biggest thing is this Richard time. Yeah, I hate wasting time, and everybody that knows me, that's my absolute one hundred percent pet peeve. I it just it rubs me up the wrong way it drives me crazy when i when i lose time when i waste time because time for us entrepreneurs is our most valuable commodity right uh, it's not like money you know money comes and goes you 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 earn it you invest it you lose it you spend it you know whatever but with time once you've spent or invested that time it's gone forever you can never get it back right and so i hate wasting time that's the big thing i've become you know very efficient at doing certain things I'm also ridiculously inefficient at in certain things as well but for the most part, I'm I'm very efficient at doing certain things and handling certain situations and tasks, projects, that sort of type of thing, because I value my time and, quite frankly, the time of the people around me. I, and that's that's the reason why I take the chairs out of the meeting room because I don't pay my staff to sit on their butts and talk for an extra 15 minutes just for the fun of it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I want to try and get the you know the most amount of productivity out of my <clears throat> excuse me out of my team uh, as an employer as well. I wanna get my I wanna get more bang for my buck. There's nothing wrong with that.
2: Absolutely not. Well and I, and I totally emphasize with the time piece and especially as I've as I've gotten older. I'm forty five now and I just it scares me how fast time is going and it feels like I don't I'm running out of time of the things that I want to do. Um, So I'm, I certainly can appreciate, and that's why I do the entrepreneurship stuff. I, I mean, I'm I'm totally bought in. I see the the benefits of of living your passion, your dreams, of overcoming fears, stepping out in faith, doing all those things. What gets a struggle sometimes, especially in the entrepreneurial journey, is 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 what you just hit on. Is what can I do to maximize my time? Sometimes it can get so overwhelming, Chris. I mean, just a guy like me, I, I look at your website and i look at all the success and the people doing things well and sometimes you get hit with this my god i i don't know there's so many avenues i can go down and it can just get overwhelming sometimes and you don't do anything have you ever felt that way do you run across entrepreneurs who 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 feel that way from time to time and then and then how do you crush that how do you get past that
3: oh yeah i mean i come across them every day literally through the blog and the podcast and you know social media and And all the rest of it. Um, Yeah, every single day, uh, you know. But 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 it's normal. I I, you know I I, I also say quite frequently that us entrepreneurs, you know, we're very very strange breed is the term that I use uh, because I you know I believe that an entrepreneur is truly born; they're not made. Mm. uh, It's in our DNA. uh, It's rolling around inside our veins. Um, And you know, somebody somebody asked me recently, "What is an entrepreneur?" And I didn't even think twice about my answer. I just gave this answer. I'd I'd never been asked this question before. Like i had been asked the questions, you know, why did you become an entrepreneur? You know, all this sort of stuff. But what do you think an entrepreneur actually is? And my answer flowed like water. I just said an entrepreneur is someone that gives answers to questions and solutions to problems Mm. and makes money in the process of doing it. And that was it. And so that's what being an entrepreneur for me is. But for other people, it might be completely different. And so you know, when I come across those people that maybe are a little jaded, they're a little bit confused. They are, you know, they're in the they're in the process of moving into procrastination nation and all the rest of it. You know, you've got to pull back a little bit. And when I do, when I have coaching clients, one of the first things I get them to do is my three list of freedom exercise. Um, and basically what it, what it is, is I, I get them to write down three lists of tasks. The first list is a, is a list of tasks that they just hate doing. They don't like doing the second list is a list of all the things that they can't do all the things that they struggle with. And then the third list is a list of all the things as a business owner, they feel that they shouldn't actually be doing. And it's that last list that I want them to spend all the time on because they might like Doing these tasks, they might be actually very good at doing these tasks. But the question again is, as the head honcho, as the biz- as the business owner, should you actually be doing this, or could you be spending your time in a way more effective, uh, enthusiastic manner, working on more high-level tasks for your business growth? And usually, once that 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 exercise is finished, they can see right there and then where they're wasting their time why they're procrastinating, because they just don't like or they having, you know, having problems doing certain things. And once those lists, you know, it almost becomes like a blueprint for them to follow in order to start delegating properly, to start processing, you know, certain tasks and and, and putting in place standing operating procedure documents and all that sort of stuff. And once they start doing all that, things become a little bit clearer.
2: Yeah. You know, you talk about it, and when I look at young leaders, it's similar to when I coach uh, people that are kind of struggling in the leadership game themselves or in their career. Um, one of the overriding things I get from them is they feel like they have to do everything themselves. And one thing I always tell them, I said, look, as a leader, you don't have to have all the answers. You know, in fact, most some of your most brilliant answers are with the people that uh, you're accountable for. I mean, you know, if you can just let them low, let that creativity flow, and, and if I try to get them to understand that as a leader— you have to. You should focus your your time and your energy trying to create that f- sense of freedom, that space where people can, you know, have latitude to fall down and make mistakes and ask for forgiveness, and not permission. I see entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs, particularly, and I'm guilty of this too. Feel like, and I think you call this the uh, superhero syndrome, right? And where we feel like we have to do everything ourselves. Right. Talk to me about that. And and, uh, and were you that way? Is that where? Where your aha moment came oh, yeah. from? Yeah.
3: No, abs- absolutely. I was just like that. Um, you know, 2000, late 2009, uh, you know, we'd been building the business for a few years. Uh, at that point, we had about 120, 130 staff. Um, and the business was a very efficiently run, uh, profitable, healthy business. I, on the other hand, was a whole different ball game. <laughs> Uh, I was anything but healthy. I was working 15, 16-hour days, six days a week. I put myself, my, myself way too thin, and I ultimately hit a brick wall. I burned out at the mm-hmm. end of 2009. and That's when I started my blogging journey was in January 2010 because I started blogging about what I was going to do to remove myself from my business on a day-to-day basis and become a virtual CEO. That was my goal for 2010 because... Right there and then, bang smack in the middle of that burnout, I discovered very clearly that I was no longer running my business, but my business was running me, mm. and I didn't like the damn feeling. I didn't like it at all. And the moment I I, I admitted it to myself and I promised that I was going to change it, I just went at it 120 miles an hour, and uh, I achieved the goal. Uh, actually, a month. Early in November, I crowned myself the virtual <laughs> CEO. It was a self-proclaiming uh, <laughs> monarchy-type situation. But no, I, I, I and um, you know I, I've gone from that to now four days a week. I have a three-day weekend. I don't work Fridays, and I mean literally no meetings, no calls. I might pop in and do maybe thirty minutes of social media or comment replying on the blog or something like that. Um, and uh, I maybe average eight to nine hours a day Monday through to Thursday. Uh, I'm a happier guy for it. I'm healthier. I'm a better father. I'm a better husband. I'm a better mentor. I'm a better friend, all because I realized that not only was I suffering from that superhero syndrome, but I made a very conscious decision to focus intently on relieving myself of the symptoms of that. Um, and you know this is the problem richard because society has led us to believe society has brainwashed us entrepreneurs to believe that working those silly long hours and and being you know having the mobile phone connected to our palm or ears you know for 12 hours a day and and being stressed and being unfit and overweight and unhappy <laughs> that that it that equals quote unquote success yeah Um, and I don't think it does. I I just, yeah, you might make some money, but is that real success? I mean, I don't know. I mean, how how much is enough, you know? So uh, I I made some drastic changes because I was suffering from superhero syndrome. Absolutely.
2: You know, and it's funny as I look back at my uh, corporate career, and um, I look back at some of the advice and some of these quote-unquote successful people gave me, and they told me, you know, and they said, and I remember this one CEO said you know and he was i was told i was asked to or told to to get with him to so he could mentor me and he told me one day at, at lunch he said you know are you ready for the 60 hour week 70 hour weeks that's what you have to do to succeed and i just remember looking at him thinking this is not what it's about you know but it's so weird right. because even in and as, you, as i become more entrepreneurial and i and it's almost like you you get a whole new perspective and things start looking differently the more entrepreneurial you become and you do realize that it's not about a position, a title, or even an income figure necessarily, and it's certainly not about trading time for dollars. It's about it's well, about about quality of life, and um, it is. Yeah. And you're you're an example, and there's and there's a whole bunch of people out there. I mean, and you're one of them. Do you contend that that this type of lifestyle now more than ever is available to all of us if we're willing to be intentional and aware about it?
3: Oh yeah, I mean, but but the, you know, the thing is, it's been available for decades. Right. But we've but we've we've just continue to ignore it. And, and, and you know, it's because of, you know, the internet and, and books like, you know, uh, the four-hour work week and, you know, that sort of type of thing that, we, that we've really, over the last five, six, seven years, we've started to think about it properly. Um, but the ability to to live that way has, has been around for a long, long time. Um, and you know, I, I remember it's funny. You say you went to have that lunch. I had a dinner, which was something very similar to that. Um, probably 10 years ago now. And I was, uh, I was sat opposite a multimillionaire. He had three different businesses and he was just killing it. This guy was just making so much money. Um, and I mean, you could smell the money off him. You know what I mean? It's just right. rolling it. Right. And uh, you know, I said to him, you know, as a young, you know, at that point, one-upreneur, I hadn't quite escaped uh, the nine-to-five uh, shackles quite yet, but I was getting there slowly. But I remember saying to him, and I remember the guy's name, Tom. Tom, what have I got to do to get to where you are 10 years from now? Mm-hmm. He said, oh, it, it doesn't take 10 years. It only takes five years. I said, all the better. What have I got to do? He said, well, you've got to work 10 hours a day, Seven days a week, twelve months a year, with no what? time off, no weekends for five years. If you do that, you'll become a millionaire. And I turn around. and what? Well, what? What's the point of doing that? Right. <laughs> I was just. I, I remember blatantly saying to the guy, "That's insane. Like, yeah. you know, what's the point of living if you're never going to take some time off and 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 also some time to be able to enjoy." The money that you're making along the way as well. He said, "Well, you asked me what you wanted, to, what you needed to become a, a millionaire. That's what I did. So it just shows you society, you know, has has kind of it's brought around this massive misconception that you know you've got to be an, an unfit, overworked, stressed out, micromanaging boss right. to become a successful entrepreneur. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think you've just got to be uh, very passionate. You've got to be um, uh, a little, uh, you know." Uh, innovative in the way that you, uh, you know, run and market your business uh, and ultimately you've got to have an open mind because nobody's got a monopoly on good ideas
2: yeah and you gotta and I think you gotta be courageous and what I mean by that is courageous is doesn't what is courageous for you is different for me if something is making you scared and keeping you kind of inactive work through that fear and then something great's gonna happen I feel I mean I think if you if you can get comfortable with those butterflies in your stomach and that's something that's putting that lump in your throat and you tap into that feeling and you work past it, I think something great's gonna happen. I don't care how big or how small it is to you on a on a fear level, if you work through that fear, something big's gonna happen. So um God, it's funny that conversation that you just said is almost exactly what that guy said to me. Almost almost <laughs> verbatim you know what's funny well i mean
3: you 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 have just a you just have a few years on me so i'm i'm not that much younger than you so we're obviously had the similar time of talk at the similar type of, talk, similar type of our, in our lives to the similar type of bosses or or people that were surrounding us at the time so yeah. uh, it doesn't surprise me that it's all quite similar
2: <laughs> yeah well and he's you know and i asked about him about i don't know 4 or 5 months ago and he's He's divorced, his partnership that he was within, I mean they went separate ways. I mean, he it's just a mess. And so, yeah, there's more to life. It's all about the journey really, you know. To me, if you can tap into the passion to the journey, that's that's so much more important than the destination. In fact, I don't think you should even look at it as a destination, because if you get destination disease, the next thing and if you get comfortable on a plateau, the next thing is a fall in my opinion. So I think you should just constantly be you can enjoy the plateau every now and then. But God, that quality of quality of life is, is what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Who were your who were your heroes or are your heroes?
3: Well, I got a few. Um, you know, some of them are business related, some of them are not. Uh, my first hero was my dad. Um, mm. I think every kid grows up thinking that his dad's, you know, Superman or whatever. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Um, he 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 saves me all out. He he actually saved me probably from a life of real hard knock time working mad, crazy long hours and everything. I was 16. I was, uh, I was bumming off my uh, exams. I wasn't reviewing and studying properly. I was already failing a, a number of them. Uh, I, I decided that at the age of 16 that playing basketball, flirting with girls and skateboarding was way more fun <laughs> and um, than school, obviously. And uh, so, yeah, one day I came home and uh, he had uh, he'd scotch-taped um, one of his business cards to the front of my uh, bedroom door and he wrote uh, a quote by, and I didn't know the, the quote who the quote was from uh, at that time, but I since have looked it up and been able to find out, Nathaniel Hawthorne mm. and the quote was the way to be nothing is to do nothing and he underlined the words be and do the way to be nothing is to do nothing and that's all he did we didn't Or anything like that. He was a a man of very few words when it came to sort of trying to be remotely kind of mentory or anything like that. And uh, that was the kick in the butt that I needed to start studying. And I, I saved a lot of my exams by really starting to study hardcore. Uh, you know, over the next month or so, I had to retake several of my exams, um, which I then passed the second you know, the second time round. That enabled me to get into college, and then I dropped out two years in. <laughs> but that's <laughs> but that's a different story. Uh, but I mean, you know, he, he was he was a great he was a great man. I remember I was 14, and he took me up to we have a place in Waterloo in 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 London, which is called Cardboard City, and it's where all the homeless and the drug addicts and everything used to live. Uh, they've since kicked them all out now, but um, I guess it's similar to your kind of um, – was it Skid Row or something like yeah, that uh-huh. right? Uh, over in L.A.? Yep. So um, we, we just drove through this underground location. And I can't, he told me to roll down the window, which I did, and the smell was horrible because uh, there wasn't a lot of ventilation. And then I said, well, why, what are you doing? It's like, why are we here, Dan? What's this all about? He just looked at me and said one sentence, if you do drugs, you'll end up here. Wow. And at that point, we just drove off, and that was that. So he really was my first hero. Um, and then I discovered Bruce Lee and decided I want to be a Kung Fu superstar. <laughs> so right. Bruce was probably my second hero. Um, but, I mean, you know, the funny thing is, business-wise, I don't really feel like I've had – I mean, I've, I've definitely had mentors before in the past, but I wouldn't say that you know I've, I've had the opportunity to actually – Call somebody my mentor, right? Uh, or my business hero. Um, I definitely look up to Sir Richard Branson yeah. very much. So, yeah. um, and uh, he's he's been a big inspiration the way that he's built his his group up and the way that he, you know his company culture and all that sort of stuff. I take a lot of pages out of his books yeah, for I sure. Love his leadership. Um, style, but yeah, yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, it's it, it came down to Dad, Bruce, and and. Sir Richard,
2: <laughs> I love it. I always ask. It's, what I love about asking that question is almost invariably, hundred percent of the time, somebody always goes back to their parents. And if if anything, it just reminds you how impactful you are to your kids. When you're a parent, oh, yeah. sometimes you 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 there are moments where you get hit with that, and you realize how how uh, impactful you can be. Especially if they repeat a bad word you said or something, or they they mimic some bad behavior that you did. But uh, man, oh right. man, just the the impact that. That our parents have on us is so tremendous and um, I love that story about your dad that's great you sound like a great man a man a few words but uh, he-, he
3: was he was and you know I was I I mean he passed away uh, several years ago and I, I carried that business card that actual card around in my wallet for a good 10-12 years uh, and then I lost my wallet in the back of a cab oh, no. yeah. uh, in Manila and I was you know I had, a, I had probably had a a couple of hundred bucks in there and a few other bits and pieces, credit cards, driving license, I mean, but I was more upset about losing that business card mm. than it was anything else. Oh, you I know? can imagine. There you go. That will teach me to go out on a Friday night and let my hair down. Yeah,
2: right. <laughs> well, talk, talk to me about Virtual Freedom. you got a book coming out in April. Um, I'm excited to read it. I'm looking at it on your website. you got a special website dedicated to the book called Virtual Freedom Book. Uh, talk to Talk to me about the genesis of it.
3: Yeah, um, I mean, you know, I I got approached a few years ago to do the book. Um, I initially turned it down, because I didn't quite feel like I was actually really ready to write a book, to be very honest with you, even though I was already blogging and and whatnot. But, you know, writing a book is not like writing a ton of blog posts and then sticking them all together. It's a a much bigger project. Um, And so, yeah, I carried on just building the businesses and blogging and podcasting and stuff again at the end of 2012. Um, and uh, I uh, was introduced to a literary agent, and we put a proper proposal together. And then we shipped it out to 16 publishers, and we got four offers. So a 25% buy in. I was like, wow, okay, well, I guess, you know, four different publishing houses feel that this thing should be an actual, real book, then I got to write it now. Uh, and so we sat down, we, you know, we put it down, I say, we, I'm, you know, I'm lucky to have a team around me to help me with, you know, research and collecting case studies and all the stuff that we did. Um, and I, you know, I, I, then sat down and sort of really collated everything and put everything together. Um, but the book, you know, I, I tried to make it a cross between, you know, inspirational type manuscript and how to hardcore field guide. Mm. Um, and I think I've achieved it from the feedback that I've got from a, a handful of people that have uh, preview copies. Everybody has loved it. Everyone said that it's a real refreshing read. Uh, and it's, it's definitely got that hardcore step-by-step type of um, flow to it where from cover to cover, I take you on the entire journey. Everything from finding, hiring, Training, managing, motivating, and really utilizing uh, virtual staff and building a virtual team to help run, support, and grow your business.
2: Well, it's all about more time, more productivity, and more freedom. I mean, and that's what that's what it's all about. And I think that uh, yeah. the, the only way you can get there is have that entrepreneurial mindset, have that leadership mindset. And man, I'm excited to, to to see this when this book comes out. So I'm excited for that. How can people get in touch with you, Chris?
3: Well, I mean, the blog is really where I do everything online, chrisducker.com. Um, I'm very active on Twitter, at chrisducker. And uh, if they want to check out the book, uh, it's already available for pre-order pretty much everywhere, Amazon, and all the rest of it. But like you said, we do have the the mini site that we set up, and that's just virtualfreedombook.com. Simple so as that.
2: Very good. Well, and don't, and don't forget to mention your great podcast, The New Business Podcast. It's one of my favorites. It's uh, especially if you're interested in starting up your own business or so becoming more entrepreneurial – I highly recommend it. You put this in your rotation. Um, the new business podcast. And the, how's that going?
3: It's going great. I love it. You know, I love podcasting. I love doing these interviews with other podcasters. I like to be on the other side of the mic. Um, you know, whenever I can. And uh, it just it, it's great. It, you know, I started podcasting for my own complete selfish reasons. <laughs> right. Plain and simple, and that was because I I was learning. I was learning the online business world. You know, I'm a brick and mortar guy, right? right. So, um, I was learning the online business world, and and what better way to be able to do it than to talk to people that are absolutely crushing it already? So I just went out and contacted a whole bunch of people, um, and for some reason they said yeah. You know, uh, four years ago, and still actually now, these people are still killing it online. Guys like Chris Brogan and uh, you know uh, Leah Babauta from Zen Habits, um, and all these guys. You know, they 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 said yes to a a basic, basically a podcasting unknown, and I got free consultations from all of them. Plain simple, Uh, but I was really blessed because I then uh, was able to share. Those free consultations with an audience, and that's what I've continued to do. Um, and the podcast is definitely a focus for me for two different reasons. Number one, continued growth, because I believe that even leaders need to follow and learn Absolutely. in order to continue to grow. Yep, you know what I mean. Absolutely. And what better way to do that than from experts? So you know that that's the one reason um and the other reason is because from a personal branding perspective and i've been very focused on my brand two years um you know just from a personal branding perspective being a podcaster being seen as a go-to source within your niche or your industry there's something to be said for that there's something very loud and clear to be said for that and um you know Becoming an influencer in any market, no matter what market you're in, um, has its benefits. And if you focus on, you know, what you feel uh is the right thing to do, uh you can't go wrong. And I, I believe that podcasting allows us to I mean, li- listen to us right now. I mean, we're just we're just talking like a couple of guys having yeah. a beer or a cup of coffee or whatever, you know? And right. but all all the people that are tuning into this conversation, they will take something away from it. They'll and they'll take just as much away from me as your guest as they will from you as the host, and that 's the beautiful thing about podcasting and i I think it 's one of the greatest mediums for us to be able to spread uh, and consume and share content i really do.
2: yeah well said and, and i i'm so glad you said that and and the reasons that I got into podcasting too were were that selfish to try to get noticed in a noisy world, but man the the benefits and the richness that it 's given me. I didn't even expect, I mean, the, the, the consultations, the education, it's been more educational for me, I think, maybe for some of my lesner- listeners, I mean, I don't know, but uh, gosh, dang, <laughs> I feel like I've just learned a master's degree or a PhD in leadership by talking to all these leadership experts, and it's been so much fun, and um, and you're right, too, from the branding perspective, uh, uh, I get emails, people feel like they know me, and, and they do, because this is who I am in real life, who I am on the podcast, right. what a great medium to, uh, to kind of get your voice out there.
3: Yeah, because it's tough, right? It's it's it would be tough to script a forty-minute conversation between two people, right? You know, it would be really almost impossible to do right. that. But it's very easy to script a three-minute YouTube video. Um, you know, there, there's there's something about podcasting where people lower their barriers a little bit mm-hmm. and they become their own person. and that for me is what personal branding is about. Because it's tough to be original nowadays. You know, yeah, every it really is. every answer that you are going to give to a question from a member of your audience has already been given by somebody else. Every solution you will create for a problem has also already been created. And so it's, it's tough to be truly original. But the beautiful thing is when you're building a personal brand, you are the original concept. You're mm. the original ingredient. It's your experience, your stories, your personality, your outlooks, the way that you teach that's what makes you original and so podcasting and that focus on personal branding as a whole is a great one-two punch it really is chris
2: what an honor to have you on the show i'm so glad to finally uh, met you and talk with you i look forward to uh, staying in touch with you and maybe collaborating with you in the future um thanks for coming on the show
3: it was a blast thanks for having me on i really appreciate it and uh, hope to you know hear from some of your listeners guys you can just Send me a quick tweet at Chris Ducker. I'm all about Twitter.
1: I'd love to be able to chat with you.
2: Right on. I'll have links to all this on the post. Chris, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Pleasure. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership eBook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her
0: the most beautiful time-tested gift around